Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Streaming Charts with Dan. We will be looking at all of the latest on iTunes. We're adding an Amazon chart, Netflix, the Nielsen ratings, and more. But we're going to start with a story that's actually building on what we talked about on the last edition of Streaming Charts with Dan, which is Disney and their decision to remove certain series and movies from Disney Plus and Hulu as a way to write down costs and save money as the streaming wars have escalated and we've gotten into the second phase and instead of expanding, companies are now looking at contracting and trying to become profitable again. There was a list of the series and movies that are reportedly going to be removed from Disney Plus and Hulu in the next week or so, most of them on May 26th. So if there's any of these movies or series on the list that you haven't seen, well, you've got about a week to binge as many as you can. Shortly before these titles were published by some of the trades in Hollywood, Disney actually announced two other big business decisions. One of them was the decision to not stream the Marvel series Echo week to week, as all other Marvel series have been, but to drop all episodes at once later in the fall. So that's an interesting wrinkle because it does show that they're looking at different release strategies. Some have seen this as perhaps an indication that they don't have a lot of faith in Echo. Others saying that this just happens to be the series that they're going to try to experiment on to see how many people they can get on that binge model. The other thing that's not streaming related but still interesting is Disney's decision to shut down their massively expensive both to make and also to stay in Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. It will close in September after just over a year and a half in operation. So not a whole lot of spin that you can put on that, although I would also argue that perhaps the wisdom of a $5,000 minimum two-night maximum non-luxury hotel that required guests to go deep into Star Wars cause slash roleplay to get their money's worth while spending little to no time in the actual Disney parks was perhaps not the smartest move to begin with. So there's a lot of different things that are happening at Disney, but let's focus on these movies and shows. So this list was not generated directly from Disney. This has been reported in various trades. I cross-checked across a couple of them. And so this hasn't been absolutely confirmed as the list of shows and movies that are going to be pulled. And there have already been some adjustments. For example, once the list was initially released, there was some public outcry over Disney's reported plans to remove the documentary Howard from their platform, which is about the legendary Disney songwriter Howard Ashman. Many thought that it was extremely uh, poor timing to remove the documentary given that he did work on The Little Mermaid which is being released as a Disney live action remake this upcoming week and also because it was right on the cusp of Pride Month and Howard Ashman was a gay man who died at the height of the AIDS crisis in the early 90s and so it seems like Howard will not be leaving the platform along with some other things that were previously on the list like a special dedicated to the making of the music for Wakanda Forever and the Marvel series Empower which is about female superheroes inside the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So this is not a final list, and it is not a list as announced by Disney, but it does appear that the majority, if not all of the series and movies that we're going to talk about will be disappearing here in a matter of days. And it's not all stuff that you haven't heard of. A lot of these are big, high-profile Disney series. So without further ado, here are the reported Disney series and movies that will be leaving the platform on May 26th. The first is America the Beautiful on Disney+, Plus, a Nat Geo doc series with narration by Michael B. Jordan, followed by Among the Stars on Disney+, Plus, a NASA docuseries, 
Artemis Fowl, a truly awful film that was one of the early straight-to-streaming experiments going from theatrical to Disney+, Plus, will reportedly be rotating off the platform, as well as Be Our Chef, a cooking competition show, Best in Dough, a Hulu pizza-making competition show, as well as Best in Snow, a Hulu snow-carving competition show, so not a great time for wordplay. Another Disney Plus original film, Better Nate Than Ever, which is a teen musical movie, released last April. The Disney Plus original series, Big Shot, starring John Stamos as a girls' youth basketball coach, will be removed. It had two seasons and was released initially back in 2021. Did you know that there was a 2020 remake of Black Beauty with Kate Winslet as the voice of Black Beauty? Well, it's not going to be there for very much longer. It will reportedly be rotating off of the platform, along with the remake of Cheaper by the Dozen, which was scripted and produced by Kenya Barris and released last year. The 2020 tearjerker Clouds will be rotating off Disney+. And the Hulu supernatural teen comedy Darby and the Dead, which was released just last December, will also reportedly be gone on May 26th. Disney Plus's Diary of a Future President, a two-season series about a young girl destined to be president, will be rotating off, as well as Disney Fairy Tale Weddings, a two-season reality show that began on Freeform, then moved to Disney Plus in 2020. Kat Denning's Dollface, a two-season Hulu comedy series, will reportedly be rotating off, along with the Disney Plus series Earth to Ned, a two-season Jim Henson talk show hosted by a fictional alien. Disney Plus's Encore, which was hosted by Kristen Bell reuniting high school drama productions, will be rotating off, as well as Hulu's Everything's Trash, a Phoebe Robinson series that premiered on Freeform last year. It will reportedly be leaving the platform on May 31st. Flora and Ulysses was a newer addition to the list. It's a 2021 Disney Plus movie about a girl and her superpowered squirrel. Foodtastic will also reportedly be leaving Disney Plus. Hosted by Kiki Palmer, Foodtastic was a show about making food sculptures. Harmonious Live is reportedly leaving Disney Plus, which is a recording of the Epcot Center live show, along with It's a Dog's Life with Bill Farmer, starring the actor who does voices for Pluto and Goofy in a docuseries about real dogs. The R.L. Stein 2021 anthology series Just Beyond will reportedly be leaving, as well as Hulu's Keep This Between Us, which is a 2022 freeform docuseries about a woman's relationship with her teacher. That series will reportedly be leaving on May 31st. Little Demon, which came out last year, an animated series on Hulu about the spawn of Satan, with voices including Aubrey Plaza and Danny DeVito will be going away, as will Hulu's Love in the Time of Corona, a 2020 COVID-themed miniseries that aired on Freeform. Hulu's 2022 comedy series about a psychic Maggie will be leaving, as will Disney Plus's Magic Camp, a long-delayed film that premiered on the platform back in 2020. Marvel's Project Hero, a 20-episode series about young people making a difference in the real world, is slated to leave the platform, as is Disney Plus's More Than Robots, a documentary about kids competing in the World Robotics Competition, and Disney Plus's Own the Room, a documentary about students competing in the Global Entrepreneur Awards. Pentatonics Around the World for the Holidays, a special that premiered just last year, reportedly leaving the platform, as well as Disney Plus's Pick of the Litter, a documentary series about dogs becoming service animals or training to become service animals. A high-profile name here, Danny Boyle's miniseries about the Sex Pistols called Pistol that premiered last year will be leaving the platform, as well as Disney Plus's Rogue Trip, a Nat Geo travel series with journalist Bob Woodruff and his son. Rosalind will be leaving Disney Plus, which 
which was a Caitlin Deaver film telling the story of Romeo and Juliet from Romeo's ex's point of view. Shop Class will also be leaving Disney+, Plus, which is a Justin Long-hosted series about students building various things. A pair of films leaving Disney+, Plus, 2020's Star Girl from director Julia Hart, as well as the sequel Hollywood Star Girl, which was released in 2022. Disney Plus's Stuntman, a Dwayne Johnson-produced documentary about stuntman Eddie Braun, will reportedly leave the platform, along with The Big Fib, a 30-episode game show hosted by Yvette Nicole Brown from 2020. The Come Up on Hulu, which was a freeform docuseries about artists in New York City that premiered last year, will be leaving, as well as another 2022 docuseries called The Deep End about spiritual leaders and healers. Hulu's The Hot Zone, an anthology series about outbreaks starring Juliana Margulies and Tony Goldwyn, will reportedly leave, as well as the much-hyped The Mighty Ducks Game Changers, the two-season legacy follow-up series to The Mighty Ducks films. The two-season adaptation of The Mysterious Benedict Society will also be leaving, starring Tony Hale, as well as the 2020 Disney Plus film The One and Only Ivan, which was from White Lotus writer Mike White. The film actually received an Oscar nomination for Best Visual Effects. BJ Novak's one-season 2021 anthology series The Premise will reportedly be leaving Hulu, as well as the 2022 action film The Princess, starring Joey King. The one-season fantasy reality show The Quest will be rotating off of Hulu, as well as The Real Right Stuff on Disney+, a 2020 Nat Geo documentary about the first astronauts. Also going away will be the Disney Plus 8-episode 2020 adaptation of the book, The Right Stuff. Oh, this one hurts. This show was a day one Disney Plus series, The World According to Jeff Goldblum, a two-season reality docuseries tackling a different topic every episode. If I can endorse one series here, I really love this show, and I'm very sad to see that it's going to be going away. Timmy Failure on Disney Plus, a 2020 kids book adaptation from director Tom McCarthy, reportedly going away, as well as the one-season legacy revival of Turner and Hooch, the late 80s Tom Hanks film. That series will be going away. Weird But True on Disney+, Plus, a three-season educational series brought over from Nat Geo Kids, will be going away. And this is perhaps the biggest title, Willow, much-hyped, big-budget, legacy sequel series to the Lucasfilm classic. It just finished airing episodes in January, so the show's less than six months old. One of the keystone advertised things that Disney Plus was making will not be available on Disney+. Plus. After this week, it will be going away along with the series The Making of Willow, which would be kind of weird to have on the platform if you're taking Willow away. The 2021 documentary about chef Wolfgang Puck, just named Wolfgang, will be going away from Disney+. Plus. Another long in development project, Why the Last Man, which was an adaptation of the comic series that lasted just one season, will be disappearing from Hulu, as well as 15 more Nat Geo slash Hulu series and specials, including locked up abroad. Now, this is not a final list. It is possible that there are some films and shows that could be saved, but it's also possible that there are many more that could be added to this list. And keeping in mind, this is also not guaranteed to be the final culling. So this represents a substantial amount of series that will be going away. Now, some people might say like, well, I haven't heard of most of that stuff. What does it matter? Why should I care that these shows are going away? And it's true that for most people, this doesn't impact them heavily. But the question of what, what happens to these shows and movies now is an important one to the people that made them because the answer as of right now is that they just go away. They will be completely 
inaccessible. It will be as if they never existed. And it's largely because most companies, including Disney, are resistant to putting any of their original programming onto any sort of physical media because they felt like it undercuts the streaming availability. But now that they're not available on streaming anymore, and you have things like Willow that are not on physical media, they just become unavailable until or if somebody else decides to license those things. So they just disappear. And that's the danger of streaming right now. If something should change, if the tides should change, if there's a different business decision and you have a series or movie that's on streaming, it could all of a sudden not be on streaming anymore. And there are some of the people involved in the creation of these shows and movies that have spoken out about this. Julia Hart, the director of the two Stargirl movies, tweeted, quote, devastated that the movie I poured my heart and soul into is leaving Disney+. Plus. Watch while you can. Proud of the work my amazing colleagues and I did. I was eight weeks postpartum when we started. The process was worth the sacrifice, even if the result was not. Focus on process, always. John Bickerstaff, one of the writers on Willow, tweeted, quote, they gave us six months, not even. This business has become absolutely cruel. Before you say tax write-off, these shows have already been released and so can't be a write-off. And in the case of Willow, they own the property outright. The only conclusion is that this is to get out of paying residuals during a strike. And look, eternal streaming libraries are not sustainable. We're all going to have to adjust to that at some point. But to spend redacted on a show and then disappear at six months later is just bad business. And it is a slight distinction that he was making in that tweet in that this is not a write-off like David Zaslav did with Batgirl, where you can say like, well, the movie was never released and we're going to write down the expense. As I explained on the last episode, this is basically a different kind of write-down in that you're saying that this is no longer an available asset to you as a company. So you're basically eating the cost of that series or movie or whatever not being available to you anymore. But as also mentioned, because it's not available on the platform, you don't as a company have to pay residuals anymore. And that's where a lot of the cost savings come from and probably why there are a lot of these series and movies that you saw that involve big name talent because they probably had very lucrative deals. Well, when you stop hosting that show and people can't watch it anymore, then you don't have to pay residuals to that talent anymore or likeness rights or whatever this whole contractual thing is. And yes, honestly, a lot of these things, most people didn't know they existed. I didn't know a lot of these things existed. But I also feel bad for the people that did put time and money into making these things. And not just that, but heart and hard work. Production on any kind of a series or show is hard work. And I've worked on shows that, yeah, they may not be the best thing in the world. Reality shows and stuff like that uh, when I first moved to L.A. But at the same time, I could point to those shows and say, I worked really hard on that. And they aired on television, so you had that, and they could be available on demand. So for all of this stuff to just disappear, I do feel for the people involved in making these things, because it does represent a substantial part of their life and their career. And now to not know when or if anyone, including them, will be able to see it again that's a tough pill to swallow, and this is sort of this stage two of the streaming wars is where I think the balance of power shifts back to the studios. For a long time, 
when the studios are just like content, 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 the people making the content, I think, had a lot of power because they were just throwing money at you and you could go and you could pitch something and it was very likely that what you wanted to get made would get made because everybody needed stuff. But now we're seeing the other side of that, which is that those things can also be snatched away by the same studios that so freely gave out money to people to make these things. Another thing that remains to be seen is how this will affect the agreements between studios and the talent that they work with. Will we start seeing more people pushing for a no-pull clause or a buyout clause if a studio decides to pull their movie or show from the streamer? And we are also in the middle of strike season, so will this be something that comes up as the writers negotiate? SAG-AFTRA, which is the uh, union covering actors, they are currently voting to see if they're going to authorize as a union a strike if they can't come to an agreement with producers in a matter of weeks will this be part of the negotiations and the other agreement that studios and streamers may have to worry about is the agreement between them and the consumer because how many people now if they're deciding whether or not to sign up for a streaming service or to watch a show or not watch a show are going to be affected by the very real possibility that even a big name show like willow if it doesn't draw the right amount of viewers or whatever could just disappear in a matter of weeks or months. Will that keep people from watching these shows? Will it drive them to watch more? I think that there are a lot of shoes left to drop in these streaming wars, and they're not all going to be in favor of the studios. The real question is just where everybody is going to land. We will get to the charts themselves in just a moment, but before we do, I want to thank the sponsor for this video, Athletic Greens, the makers of AG1. You know, it's summer, which means vacation season, lawn mowing, days at the pool, and it's more important than ever to make sure that you're giving your body what it needs. I take AG1 every day when I make my breakfast shake, and it makes me feel like I'm covering my nutritional bases and just starting my day off right. The biggest thing it's been helping me with is improved digestion and gut health, but it's also good to know that I'm giving my body what it it needs to get through the day. AG1 is one scoop of powder mixed with water once a day, making it easy to live your best life. And every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients that's delivered to me every month. So it's super easy to keep it a daily habit. Athletic Greens is also a climate neutral certified company. And for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry right here in the US. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash Dan. That's athleticgreens.com slash Dan. Check it out. All right, so we've gotten through our big Disney Plus story. Let's turn now to the streaming charts themselves, and we will start with the iTunes store, what people are watching, renting, and buying there. At number one is the Super Mario Brothers movie, which is now available for purchase and premium video on demand, those higher price rentals. So still in theaters, doing well in theaters, but now also in the home market. Sisu, which also had a good run at the box office, now available for purchase and premium video on demand and doing well on iTunes. 65, starring Adam Driver, available for purchase and rental and a new addition to the chart since the last time we looked. The Covenant at number four, available for premium video on demand. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, still available for purchase only at number five. To Catch a Killer is at number six, available for purchase and premium video on demand. This is a film starring Shailene Woodley and Ben Mendelsohn, a crime thriller that looks to be somewhat in the vein of a Silence of the Lambs type story. 
John Wick Chapter 4 is on the top 10 list just as a pre-order because it will be available for purchase later on on Tuesday, so just a couple of days from now. Evil Dead Rises at number 8, available for purchase and premium video on demand. Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre, available for purchase and rental. The second Guy Ritchie film on the top 10, along with The Covenant. So 20% of the top 10 belonging to Guy Ritchie. And Avatar The Way of Water, currently available for purchase only, is in that 10th spot. This is a new chart by demand from many of you. The top 10 on Amazon Prime Video. Now this is for the US only. At number one is the heavily budgeted, much hyped original series, Citadel, followed by the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is in its final season. The Ben Affleck film Air off of its box office run is at number three on the Amazon Prime video chart, followed by the Academy of Country Music Awards, which is now an Amazon Prime original, one of the shifts from broadcasting to streaming. The Ben Affleck movie The Accountant is at number five, followed by From, which is an MGM Plus original series. It's actually pretty critically acclaimed, but I'd actually never seen nor heard of this series, but it's at number six on Prime Video. At number seven, the film Safe House. At number eight, Top Gun Maverick. At number nine is the Amazon original series The Power, which is about a group of teenage girls who develop the ability to electrocute people, but even more importantly, stars Tony Collette, which immediately has my interest. And then at number 10 is Reacher, which is came out quite some time ago, but still a very popular show on Prime Video, and it rounds out their top 10. Let's look now at the most watched programs on Netflix, and this is using what I call my global Merle metric. I generate a number that's called the PFV, or Potential Finished Views. I basically take the number of hours that a certain program or movie is watched, I divide it by the runtime. That gives me the number of people that could have potentially finished viewing that series or movie. And looking at the week of May 8th through the 14th, at number one is the Jennifer Lopez film, The Mother, which had one of the strongest debuts for anything on Netflix yet this year, a PFV of 42.93. At number two, continuing a strong run, is the Bridgerton spinoff series Queen Charlotte with a PFE of 24.63. At number three, Tom Hanks is A Man Called Otto with a PFE of 9.47, followed by the Netflix original movie AKA with a PFE of 8.5. The Netflix series Missing, Dead or Alive makes its debut at number five with a PFE of 7.58. The much-debated, much-hyped, much-criticized Queen Cleopatra, not even cracking the top five on its initial chart here, with a PFE of 6.73, so it seems the controversy initially not driving a substantially higher number. The Netflix original series Black Knight Season 1 debuts with a PFE of 6.71, followed by the film Que Viva Mexico, which is a three-hour movie about a man returning to Mexico and the competition he has with his family over an inheritance, followed by The Crudes debut with a PFE of 5.34, and then the second season of the Netflix original series Sweet Tooth at number 10 with a PFE of 3.98. Looking at the most-watched 2023 programs to date on Netflix, a couple of additions. The top five remain the same. Murder Mystery 2 with a PFE of 103.82, followed by Season 1 of The Night Agent, then Luther the Fallen Sun, You People, and Your Place or Mine. Ginny and Georgia Season 2 is at number six. Wednesday Season 1, Just the People Watching,
matching it this year, still remaining at number seven. But then joining the chart at number eight is the Netflix original movie, AKA, with a PFE of 50.26. We Have a Ghost gets bumped down to number nine, and then Queen Charlotte takes the number 10 spot with a PFE of 47.62. Season four of Netflix's You and the Netflix original movie, The Pale Blue Eye, both exiting the 2023 top 10 to make room for the two new additions. Let's take a look now at the Nielsen ratings. We have a couple of weeks to cover. Just a couple of reminders. These are delayed numbers by about a month. This is also in the US only. And because this is a third-party measurement, these are not numbers that are coming directly from the streamers, but it's as close as we have to being able to compare where all of these series and shows, programs, etc., fall against each other. And let's look, first of all, at the most-watched streaming movies for the week of April 10th through the 16th. That was the week that The Last Kingdom, Seven Kings, must Die debuted on Netflix with 7.51 million hours watched. Right behind is the second week of Chupa on Netflix with 7.5 million hours watched, followed by The Last Stand, which is available on both Hulu and Netflix with 7.3 million hours watched. Peacock's run of Cocaine Bear is good enough for number four with 5.4 million hours watched, followed by Ticket to Paradise, which made its debut on Amazon Prime Video with 4.6 million hours watched. Then we have Matilda on Netflix at number six with 4.5 million. Moana, the mainstay on Disney Plus with 4.1 million hours watched, followed by Murder Mystery 2 on Netflix at number eight. The Lorax making the debut at number nine with 3.75 million hours watched, and then Hunger on Netflix at number 10 with 3.5 million hours watched. Going to the next week, April 17th through the 23rd, The Snowman on Netflix. Not a very big hit in theaters, but a big hit at least this week on streaming. 6.9 million hours watched. Just edging out I Want to Dance with Somebody, the Whitney Houston biopic on Netflix with 6.7 million hours watched. The Last Kingdom, Seven Kings Must Die goes down to number three. Moana staying pretty much where it was as far as hours watched from the week before, but moving up to number four on the chart with 4.3 million hours watched, followed by Cocaine Bear at number five, Ticket to Paradise at number six. Apple TV Plus's Go which was heavily hyped. Chris Evans, Ana de Armas with 3.2 million hours watched. The Mustang on Netflix is at number eight with 3.11 million hours watched, followed by Encanto on Disney Plus, which is often on and off this chart. Another 3 million hours watched there. And Matilda on Netflix at number 10 with 2.6 million hours watched. Looking at the most watched streaming movies here in the US through April 23rd, Murder Mystery 2 cracks the top five for this year with 37.3 million hours watched cumulatively. The top four remain the same. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever at number one. You People at number two. Minions, The Rise of Gru at number three. And Moana at number four. Your Place or Mine moves down one spot to number six. Encanto moves up one spot to number seven. Luther the Fallen Sun moves down one spot to number eight. We Have a Ghost moves down to number nine. And Glass Onion on Netflix moves down to number 10. Looking at the most watched streaming shows in the U.S. from April 10th through the 16th. Beef on Netflix takes the top spot with 26.5 million hours watched, followed by The Night Agent with 19.4 million hours and Love is Blind with 18.1 million hours. The Mandalorian, as it continued its run, is good enough for number four with 17 million hours, followed by Coco Melon at number five, NCIS at number six, Bluey at number seven, South Park at number eight, 
Netflix's Florida Man, which starred Edgar Ramirez as a cop who returns to his home state and is not, as I thought, a true crime docuseries following the exploits of crazy people, debuts at number 9 with 10.8 million hours watched, and Grey's Anatomy rounds out the top 10. When we look at that week by top watch time per available episode, so not just the hours watched, but how many hours watched per episode, American Manhunt Boston was at number one with 3.44 million hours watched per episode. It's a true crime docuseries that aired on Netflix. Beef was at number two with 2.65 million hours watched per episode, followed by The Night Agent at number three, Florida Man at number four, Obsession at number five with 1.2 million hours watched per episode, Transatlantic at number six with an hours watched per episode at just over 778,000, followed by The Mandalorian at number seven. Coco Melon at number eight, Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus at number nine with 379,000 hours watched per episode, and Love is Blind at number 10 with just over 323,000 hours watched per episode. The top 10 streaming shows for April 17th to the 23rd were headlined by the debut of The Diplomat on Netflix with 21.7 million hours watched, followed by Love is Blind at number two with 20.2 million hours watched. I believe this was the week of the live, not-so-live reunion show. The Mandalorian is at number three with 16.8 million hours watched, followed by Beef at number four. Better Call Saul saw its final season debut on Netflix this week for a total hours watched of 15.4 million, followed by Coco Melon at number six, The Night Agent at number seven, NCIS at number eight, Ted Lasso cracking the top 10 again at number 9 with 11.9 million hours watched and Disney Plus's Bluey rounding out the top 10. And looking at the top 20 streaming shows by watch time per available episode, The Diplomat was at number 1 with just over 2.71 million hours watched per episode, followed by Beef at 1.56 million, Florida Man at 1.55 million, The Night Agent at 1.27 million, and The Mandalorian at just over 700,000 hours watched per episode. Coco Melon's at number Number six, Ted Lasso at number seven, Love is Blind at number eight, Succession making the chart with just over 279,000 hours watched per episode, and Better Call Saul rounds out the top 10 with just under 250,000 hours watched per episode. Looking at the most watched streaming series in the U.S. through April 23rd, Coco Melon remains number one with just over 210 million total hours watched, followed closely by NCIS. Disney Plus's Bluey moves up to number three with just over 184.2 million hours watched. Jenny and Georgia moves down to number four. Grey's Anatomy enters the top five. The Night Agent moves up to number six. Netflix's You moves down one spot to number seven, followed by The Walking Dead, The Last of Us on HBO Max, and Netflix. Netflix's Outer Banks at number 10. And that wraps up the streaming charts for this week, although it is a very busy week upcoming as far as future shows that we may see here on the charts. This is actually one of the bigger streaming weeks that we've seen in quite some time for a number of reasons, so this is just a selection of the movies and shows that you can see in the days to come. Streaming right now that actually debuted this past weekend on Hulu is the remake of White Men Can't Jump. On Monday, tomorrow, Prehistoric Planet Season 2 makes its debut on Apple TV+. And then there's a big day on Tuesday because HBO Max is rebranding to Max and they're releasing several things in celebration. First of all, Shazam! Fury of the Gods will be making its debut on Max, as well as the documentary about rushing sororities at the University of Alabama, Bama Rush, Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai, the animated series spinoff of the Gremlins franchise, will 
also debut on Max on Tuesday, as well as the revival of the popular series Clone High. When this was popular when I was in college back in the early 2000s. It was an early effort from Lord Miller. They're bringing it back and it will be debuting on Max. So really Tuesday alone could just be an all Max day for you. Although if you want to catch John Wick Chapter 4, it will also be available for purchase digitally and perhaps high price rental on Tuesday as well. On Wednesday, the Disney Plus series American Born Chinese will be streaming all episodes, including some that are directed by Destin Daniel Cretton of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The show also reunites a large number of the cast from Everything Everywhere All at Once, including Michelle Yeoh, Ki Hui Kwan, Stephanie Hsu, and James Wong. Also debuting on Wednesday on Apple TV Plus is the series Platonic, starring Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne, about two old friends trying to be middle-aged friends. Then on Thursday, the first in a series of documentaries celebrating 100 years of Warner Brothers makes its debut on Max, as well as the much-hyped Netflix original series FUBAR starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, a series about a retired secret agent on a mission with his daughter. And then if you're in for your reality fix on Thursday, The Kardashians Season 3 will also be making its debut. And that wraps it up for this episode here on Streaming Charts with Dan. We have a busy week coming up. Of course, I'll be back on Tuesday to talk about the opening weekend of Fast X, both domestically and worldwide on Charts with Dan. Then later on in the week, of course, I'll be reviewing The Little Mermaid, the latest Disney live-action remake, and I'm also working on a ranking video. I know a lot of you like the ranked series that I do of the Disney live-action remakes themselves, including The Little Mermaid. It'll be coming out after I see that film. That also means that I've been re-watching a lot of Disney live-action remakes, so if I seem like I'm in kind of a bad mood this week, you'll know why. There's also so much other stuff that pops up. I'll probably be doing an episode of The News with Dan where I go over the latest headlines. So stay tuned right here on the channel. There's so much to talk about. Thanks again to my sponsor for this episode, Athletic Greens, the makers of AG1. Check out the description below for more info about them. But most of all, thanks for spending part of your day here with me. I'll be back very soon. Until then, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.